0: edition of the Bill Michael Show. Good to have you on board today. Exciting today because we're one day away from baseball getting underway. I'm excited about that. Uh, we're going to talk with Mike DeCourcy today. We're going to talk some Final Four with him. Uh, we'll obviously hear what Matt LaFleur had to say. Uh, Joe Barry White. What? Well, I tell you what, he's grabbing tight to that boat anchor, isn't he? Oof. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur coming up. And uh I I we have not started off a show talking about Badger basketball. And they've had some really good wins. We we I take that back. We probably have mentioned it when they started off the season pretty hot and we were pretty impressed with them and we given them some praise. Last night was terrible what a way to go down it's one thing if you go if you go down and you're battling back and forth bucket for bucket for bucket for bucket and they're hitting and you're hitting and and it's just this this back and forth you know battle and you can appreciate that you're like yeah okay i'm I'm all in you know that that's that's an exciting game to go down that way last night oh that was. Uh, it, it's. I will say this. It's amazing to me how many people didn't care at all about the NIT until the Badgers got beat last night and got beat by not scoring down the stretch. And then suddenly everybody came out of the woodwork saying how terrible and awful and disgraceful and everything else you can throw around it that this is. So, um, you know, I, I Ben... Last night was not a defining moment, in my opinion. Last night was kind of the what we what we've seen throughout the season, uh, where when they can score, they're a team to be reckoned with. When they can't, they will go down very quietly into that good night. And now you got to hope to God you can figure out some offense going into the next season. Is that about the uh, the synopsis of it? I think it was a defining moment in that it perfectly encapsulated
1: every loss they've had. Where it perfectly yes, defined the season because it, it's the same exact yes. issue, which has kind yes. of been my thing the whole year. Like yes. They started off hot, and then expectations changed, and maybe rightfully so. And then once they started losing, everybody started acting as if this team had national title hopes entering the season. It's like, what right. changed? The team didn't change. They just started playing good basketball to start the year, where we entered the year thinking that they wouldn't be that good. It's a transition year from what they were the year before. So... It defined the season. I was very surprised, Bill, at how many people were surprised at how they lost. At least given how they spoke about
0: right. it. Right. Yeah, like, I I I my issue is suddenly everybody wanted Greg Guard fired and I wasn't going there. Oh, it's not suddenly. Every single well, time they I lose mean, the people come out it, of the woodwork. Correct. Yeah, you you're right about that, but my point is is that last night nobody cared about the NIT until they lost and then all of a sudden now people care. Yep. It was it was like wait a minute. You didn't give two dams about it going into it. It was almost an embarrassment for Wisconsin to be there. And yet you're screaming about it because they lost. And now you want guard, you know, not only fired but like run out of town. It's like it no it it was an ugly loss. It it was a disappointing loss. And on one hand, they had shots that were forced. They had, You could clearly tell panic had set in, and they weren't hitting stuff. And they knew it, and they were forcing shots. On the other hand, they had open looks. I mean, guard can do so much. And they had open shots last night that flat-out didn't fall. And it got to the point where they were passing it around the perimeter with open looks, not taking the shot, because nobody wanted to take the shot. And at the end, even when they were trying to hit layups and bunnies and off the backboard, they weren't hitting them. It, 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 I guess you could say a head coach needs to calm the waters, so to speak. He's there to be that, that okay, we're good force. But for the most part... It wasn't like he was out there missing shots. They just couldn't hit shots. They they just choked. They choked that game away last night. But I'm not gonna sit here and, and just completely lay it all at the feet of of Greg Guard. Now, obviously next year I think going into the season, there's gonna be a lot of raised eyebrows. But guard's not going anywhere, let me say that. But there'll be some raised eyebrows going into the next season, sure. Wanting to say, you know, a lot of people are gonna be sitting back, arms folded, and they're gonna be saying, Okay, show me something. And rightfully so, I understand that. But this this loss is not the defining loss in which you are going to say, "Okay, now we got to get rid of Greg Gard." It was the NIT that you didn't care about, and they won some ball games. They got they got a little bit uh, a little bit of tournament medal, I guess. And now you wait and see what happened next year. Next year, and then you kind of go from there. Is is that a fair assessment of where we are at as far as the Wisconsin Badger basketball program, Ben?
1: It is. I agree completely. It's a a, Again, entering the season, I think expectations were quite low. And then the season played out. And how they lost made it worse, given all the missed shots at the end of the game. I'm a big believer in general that coaches matter a lot more in football than they do in basketball in terms of in-game, where it it came down to many games this year. They just didn't make shots. They didn't make free throws. They didn't make the game-winning shot when it was open. So I think all that guard has done... Uh, and the shame of it, everyone talks about postseason success. The one year they probably would have had that success, COVID happened, and there was no postseason. Right. But I think given what he has done very recently in winning the Big Ten last, last year and the longer track record of success he's had, has 100% earned him the chance to reload, rebuild, go into next year and see what happens. If this all happens again, and he's unable to go to the portal, then, then yeah. okay, then that's a larger problem and we could talk about it. But I'm with
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I, I just say calm calm the waters, let it settle, let it marinate, get in the next season, see what happens, and then kinda go from there. And you know, I mean there's expectation next year. Th- that this this is you you were picked tenth in the Big Ten to begin with. And, and by the way, I heard a caller today say the big Ten sucks Big Ten doesn't suck <laughs> I, it, why does the Big Ten suck? The argument is That's, they don't win in March a lot of a lot of conferences don't win in March. All the blue bloods are gone. That's what I don't understand it's it's it, basketball is not is not what it used to be. It just isn't. And you can have one off game and you're done. You know, and and that's that's what I don't understand is, you know, uh, we base conference success off of tournament success. Big Ten was down. I'll give you that. But it doesn't suck. The Big Ten, like the ACC, like the SEC, you start to go through these you know like the big east they beat up on one another you know most people didn't think marquette was going to be that good now does the big east suck because marquette won it and and xavier or you know one of the other georgetown did they, they didn't one of the other blue bloods didn't i that, that that's always mind boggling to me that if if your conference isn't winning the championship you suck and I, I just I don't believe in that. I think good coaching is what gets you there. Does the Big Ten have good coaches? Do they have good schools? Yeah, for the most part. I, I just I don't look at it as in, not in college. In in, in people want to compare Bas- the conferences we because of football, and I think that's innately wrong. It you just you can't do it. You can't define it that way. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't go there because you've had so much success from, from other conferences in basketball where it's, you know, did, did anybody look at, at Miami and say after that elite eight run last year, getting to the elite eight, that they were, they were the team to beat that Virginia wasn't, you know, Virginia was an undefeated team throughout the season. And all of a sudden they go 15 and five. And they get knocked off. Again, a Tony Bennett-led team, which I always find funny. Everybody wants to say, God, you got to get rid of guard and bring in Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett is the first team in history to be a number one seed overall and get beat by a 16. And again this year, bows out early in the tournament. Is that what you want? Or you just grabbing onto a name that you know, which seems to be, I mean, Duke wasn't, wasn't necessarily right there. You know, the, with, with the ACC, Duke wasn't even leading the ACC. North Carolina was 11-9 in conference. Does that mean the ACC sucks this year? I don't think so. Kansas, they get, they get beat early. Does that mean the whole Big 12 sucks? The Longhorns at least saved them. K-State played pretty well. But I, I look at you know Creighton for what they did. UConn, I picked UConn to win it all. But UConn didn't win the Big East. Does the Big East suck? Is UConn lucky? I I just look at it as I think that the Big Ten did not have a great tournament. Maybe they don't have great tournament teams sometimes because they're built to beat up on one another. Okay, I can give you that. But to, to say that the Big Ten sucks I think is ridiculous. Because what you're doing is you're comparing it from football to a basketball And, you know, the SEC has still had some good power, obviously uh, conference-tested tournaments or conference-tested team in the tournaments when it comes to basketball. But I think people want to compare the conferences because of the way football is set up, and I think it's unfair. I I don't think it's right to say the Big Ten sucks. Were they down a little? Yeah, absolutely. But the NCAA tournament, I mean, come on. Does that mean every other conference around sucks? Because... (laughs) A team like Florida Atlantic wins because San Diego State wins? I, that's crazy. It's crazy to me. I think you're uh, – Does exactly. that mean the SEC sucks, the Big 12 sucks? I mean, you can go through the whole list of teams. I have such an issue
1: comparing the sports. I My big problem with college basketball, I think you're speaking to it, is that the only thing that matters is the postseason, given the nature of the postseason. Mm -hmm. Then you have to wonder when you're making big changes, say, uh, firing a coach and hiring a new one, what leads to postseason success? And I would always argue that regular season success does. If you're a good team and you win the Big Ten like Greg Gard did two year or last year, I guess, and it just happens to be that your best player gets hurt and your second best player gets hurt when you get to March, it's like all these things happen. But the only thing that ever matters is whether you win in March, which which Mm -hmm. I get it. But what leads to that? It's winning in the regular season, which Guard has done throughout most of his tenure.
0: I remember when, which is a good point, I remember when uh, Bob Huggins made his run to the Final Four with Nick Van Exel and company. And he was this incredible coach. And then his knock has been you haven't been able to get back. But the best year they had a chance to actually win it all was Kenyon Martin Martin broke his leg in a Conference USA tournament. They don't want it all that year. Does that make Bob Huggins a terrible coach? He's had overall success. hasn't won a championship. I get that, but he'd have won it that year, hands down. That team was amazing, and Kenya Martin broke his leg. Otherwise, they went they win it all. I, without a doubt, I believe that. I just think going back to your point, Greg Gard gets there, and then suddenly a couple of injuries, and then you are on the outside looking in. I sometimes I've always said you got to be good. You got to be good. You 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 got to have some luck on your side. You got to get hot. and You got to be healthy. Those are the four things that are going to win you a championship. So to say, again, that the Big Ten sucks, I think it's erroneous. I, I think there's always this mindset because that means the SEC sucks. Nobody's there from the SEC. They all got bounced, Right. But we look at the SEC as this big-time, you know, Kentucky and the Blue Bloods. you got Bruce Pearl in Auburn. Alabama was supposed to be – they were the number one overall. They were supposed to be the team on the run, although the world was rooting against them because of what's gone on down there. But they had all these teams that were in. SEC is going to dominate. They're nowhere to be found. There's no Final Four SEC team. Do they suck? I don't think so. I think it's just you want to see – you want, we hate the blue bloods because they're the blue bloods. We hate Kansas. We hate Kentucky. We hate North Carolina. We hate Duke. You know, we hate those blue bloods, right? We, we can't stand for a long time. It was like Georgetown, St. John's, th- you know, teams like that that were always coming from the East coast and winning. You can look in that area and you could say, okay, we hated them. But now you're like, well, we, we got Florida Atlantic, San Diego state, Miami, who's not a traditional power in basketball. They're more of a power in football. And UConn, which has been with Jim Calhoun in recent history, a power in basketball. So that's about the only the, the closest thing you have to a blue blood that's still there. So you want the David and Goliath, but when the Goliath doesn't show up, everybody sucks. They don't suck. I think right now, with the basketball, with basketball being what it is, you can find one guy to carry a team in college basketball, and the transfer portal can help you out tremendously. All you need usually is a shooter or one good defender or one good bo- rebounder. You just find one guy that can kind of be the go-to guy, and you've got yourself a good basketball team if you're a fundamentally sound coach. And that's the reason I think that college basketball, the landscape is so much flatter in college basketball as opposed to college football. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Okay. That's a dissertation a little bit on college basketball. 877 867 1670 You want to hit us up? Go ahead and do so. Got a lot to get to. We're gonna hear from Matt LaFleur today. Matt LaFleur talking about Joe Barry. Talking about Joe Barry. Gonna to want to hear this when we come back. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Hey, I want to remind you about our friends uh, at Stolly's Hog Alley, newly renovated, and I know it's going to warm up a little bit this weekend. I just keep waiting for them to open up the uh, the patio. I can't wait for the new outdoor uh, upstairs deck at Stolly's Hog Alley out there in Oconomowoc, or Summit, as they say. Uh, and Stoles All 109 up in Watertown. I'm going to get the motorcycles back maybe i if it if it warms up enough and the the salt is off the road, then maybe I do a little riding. I can't wait can't wait to uh, can't wait to get back out and ride again and head out to Stoly's, but they got terrific burgers uh, and right now I think if I'm not mistaken, they have been voted one of the best fish fries in Lake country and so if you're uh, looking for something on Friday night, head out to Stoley's. Stoley's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc or Stoles Old 109 up in Watertown. You can't go wrong with either. I'll tell you that right now. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I want to hear from you. Um. So Joe Barry is, you talk about the target of ire. Um, There are Badger fans that are upset with uh, the loss yesterday, but uh, I think the majority of the state of Wisconsin is scratching their heads over the retention of one Joe Barry. And Matt LaFleur, you know, he's sticking with his guy. Now, remember... Brian Gudekinst at the end of your press conference and when he was talking about the defense down in Indianapolis at the Combine was talking about the quality of players. And he did a lot. And the Cliff Notes version of that was basically, we know we got good guys over there. It's not my my player assessment. It's the dude running it. Philosophically, aggressively, there has to be some change. And then he kind of said, hey, we're sticking with Matt. He never said we're sticking with Joe. We're sticking with Matt. So Matt's making his call. He can grab onto that boat anchor that is Joe Barry. We're not sticking to it. We're going to wait and see. But I'm not going down with my guys because Matt wants to hang on to that guy. But this is the reason why Matt LaFleur stuck with Joe Barry. Take a listen.
2: Yeah, I I think there's something to continuity. I think uh, when you look at it, there were times and we had a really rough stretch in the middle of the season it was hard to you know I never want to say it was oh we lost a game because of the offense or we lost the game because of the defense and I think there were a lot of games that our defense gave us an opportunity to win the game and I felt like towards the end of the season we were getting better and better and better and um, I think anytime you, you hold Detroit to whatever we did in, in the last week of the season and at their place I mean that was that was one of the better offenses in the league. And, um, you know, certainly losing a guy like uh, Sean Gary was, I mean, that's a pretty big hole and a pretty big void that you got to fill. And I thought our defense kind of was was getting better. It was progressing. I thought Joe was doing a good job of communicating with, the, with our players. I thought our staff was uh, doing a great job together, just putting our guys in a better situation, having, uh, you know, just a more clarity on what what it is we wanted to be and and our play style, and I thought it got better. So I felt like that was in the best interest of us to, uh, you know, to bring all those guys back.
0: Okay. A lot there. A lot there. So let's start with, first and foremost, uh, he's talking about continuity. Yep, I believe in continuity, 100% uh he said and basically laid out the <laughs> yeah we weren't good early we went through some adversity replacing Rashawn Gary was difficult had to figure it out and then he said you know down the stretch they weren't playing that bad and I hate to blame it on one thing or not the other and the offense not the defense and the defense not the other. And, uh, and then he said when you hold Detroit Okay. In other words, the defense did their job, and the offense didn't. He. <laughs> it's, it's funny when Rogers is not in the building. You know, that once that cloud begins to lift, you know, Matt Lafleur's like, yeah, you know, boy, they 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 held Detroit. They did everything they could against Detroit. That. That, that was a heck of a defensive stand. and you know. So in other words, your offense sucked. In other words, the offense was the problem. First of all, you run the offense, Matt. Secondly, all you got to do is come out and say what everybody's listening for. You know, quarterback didn't play very well. Isn't that what you're trying to say? Quarterback didn't play very well. Okay. All right. I'm with you. He didn't. You're right. Quarterback didn't play very well. Uh, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in press conferences this year once the specter of Aaron Rodgers is gone. Because he wanted to say it. It's like, it's right. It's like, you know, I kept Joe Barry for continuity. Continuity is a good thing. And then, you know, hey. Early on, we went through some adversity, and then, you know, we 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 weren't playing complimentary football. and Goody said that, and you know, and, and we held Detroit, and that uh, right there at the end, and you know, it got better throughout the season, and 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 he, you just kind of like just just say it, say it, say it say it, and all he wanted to do was just go, yeah, and the offense stunk, the offense stunk, never got into rhythm, we our leader wasn't engaged. You know, then you come to find out through the rumor mill that, you know, you get, had given him the opportunity to come down and sit in with, you know, game plan meetings and such. And, you know, he did show up. Sometimes he didn't show up. It seemed like there were games being played. Like, all this other stuff was going on behind the scenes. Just, just come out and say, just go, you know what? And the offense stunk. The offense stunk. Then he not get the job done. Wink. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> oh, once, uh, once, once the Hall of Famer is out of the building, I can only imagine it's going to be a lot freer tongue from one Matt floor Also, probably so... less interesting, top to bottom. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, I, I, it's funny because uh, I was out last night and I had some meetings, and I was, um, um, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Rob over at Master Z's, as a matter of fact. And he said, boy, I bet you you're glad when all this is done. And as a fan, yeah, you just want to relax. You just want to watch what's ahead of you. You know, you just want to be able to see the future and say, okay, this is what they need to build upon. This is what they need to pick up. This is the holes they need to fill. And you want to see the fan in you wants to see what Jordan Love actually has. But (laughs) for what we do for a living, Uh, And I know people always say, man, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. It is the absolute positive hot button issue in the state of Wisconsin and Packer Nation. And for that matter, over on the East Coast now in New York. It is the absolute hot button issue. In the last 28 days from March 1st through March 28th, as we sit here from yesterday, just in our Facebook side of things, we've had impressions of over 17 million people. Aaron likes his balls very inflated. So just because of that hot-button issue, it has created a ton of interest. The podcasts are up. The listenership is up. The live stream is up. All the numbers are up. And it's, it's all because of Aaron Rodgers. And it's some of it's, you know, obviously the drama within the state of Wisconsin where people tune into the program. They listen on all of our network affiliates. They, they can't get enough of it. You don't want to listen to it, but you do want to listen to it. It's like the car wreck as you drive past. It's horrendous. You don't want to see it, but you got to look at it. That's what people do. That's what human nature does. And then you take the influx of NFL interest plus the influx of East Coast, New York interest, and it's just it, it's, it's, it's the topic. Why do you think ESPN leads with it every day? It's, it's because it's the topic. Same thing with the NFL Network. Same thing with Mad Dog Sports. Same thing with uh, the NFL uh, Network Radio, Sirius XM Radio. I listen to it all the time. It's 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 the one thing that people tune in for. What's going on with Rodgers? What has he said? What what does LaFleur said? What does Goody say? You know, anything and everything. Woody Johnson had comments yesterday. You know, all of that stuff. Um, Now, I will say when it comes to Matt LaFleur, there was one question that was asked yesterday, and I thought it was an incredibly good question, and it was a pertinent question. And, uh, for those that say, you know what Packers media doesn't ask the tough ones. They asked a the tough one of Matt LaFleur yesterday, and you're going to hear the answer when we come back. But the, the question was basically, look, you just said Joe Barry's defense wasn't good early and it wasn't good for a good portion of the season. Why did it take so long to fix Matt LaFleur's answer when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Use that Quick Rewards card. I love me some Quick Trip. Uh, I found out the hard way not to. uh, I went to an exit yesterday coming off the highway, and it did not have a Quick Trip at it. I stopped in. I I got cheap gas, but I walked into the convenience side of the store. All I wanted was a tea. That was it. All I wanted was a sweet tea. And it was dirty. It was disheveled. It was just not Quick Trip. (laughs) It's amazing how much you can take it for granted when you go to a quick trip all the time. And I just love those places, whether it's the hot foods, the cold foods, the cleanliness of the store, the friendliness of the store. It was just fantastic. So uh, I've always pushed people whenever you have that option, man, quick trip is your answer without a doubt. And don't forget, use your quick rewards card. And If you don't have one, get one. That's our friends at quick trip. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on and uh, just enjoying the day today, kind of uh, seeing the sunshine. I thought we were supposed to get snow. Ben, we supposed to get snow today?
1: Apparently. I don't want to talk about it. I do have a <laughs> tea time for Sunday morning, though. I can't wait. Did you get one? I did. I awesome. Did.
0: Shout out to the people on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad to see you got yourself a tea time excited well, for it. It's now. not going to go well, but it's going to be a lot of fun. No, but you're out there. You're hitting the ball around, you know, and plus there's not as many trees and high grass. You can't lose it as easy. Right? I guess. I might lose feeling <laughs> in my fingers, but that's a separate <laughs> issue. Where do, where are you playing? Near Madison. Near Madison, okay. So you're not going up to uh, Verrocco Hills? No, I'm not. Okay, alright. Gas is expensive. I, I Hey, I'm with you. I get it. All over. Uh, so Matt Lafleur um, was um, asked, "Why did it take so long to fix Joe Barry's defense?" Here's what he had to say.
2: Yeah, I, I would say it, but I, I think that you could say that collectively within every phase. You know, we, we we made our mistakes on offense, on defense, on teams at times. So you know, certainly not having Keyshawn out there. I mean that, that might have made a bigger impact earlier in the season. It would have made a bigger impact earlier in the season. So, um, you know, and ultimately that, that falls on me.
0: All right. Ultimately that falls on him. It D- doesn't really explain why he took so long to fix the defense. He's talking about Keyshawn Nixon and fixing the special teams. Okay. But why did it take so long to fix Joe Berry's defense? Didn't get the answer I wanted. Uh, let's now go to the uh, the hotline. Our guy Mike Clemens standing by. Michael, oh, how you doing, pal?
3: I'm good. You didn't get any uh, snow flurries this morning there at the uh, network headquarters. Nope. Uh, I am
0: right now. Snow. Maybe there. Maybe they happened when I was in the gym or something like that. But for the most part, uh, it is sunny. And uh, other than where the piles were and the shadows are, the snow is pretty much gone, and I'm excited about that.
3: Yeah, I was uh, looking at the forecast because I got friends that are going to Chicago for the Brewers opener against the Cubs. Ooh. So, yeah, tomorrow is like mostly cloudy in 43. 90% chance of rain at the friendly confines on Friday. It goes like up in the 60s. But then maybe some clouds on Saturday, but back down to 43. Why they can't do this? They got this lovely dome. Just 90 miles to the north.
0: <laughs> right? I know. You know? <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with you.
3: Why they got to play that stuff. You know, I know they got to take turns and, you know, who gets to have the home opener and all that, but whatever. You asked me an excellent question yesterday, and I kind of whiffed on it on the air, and I was thinking about it all last night, and it was this. The first thing you thought of after all these things coming out of the NFL owners' meetings at Arizona is, is Brian Coons now on the defensive? Is he being defensive? with some of these details he's he's putting out mm-hmm. i thought that was an excellent question and after thinking about it it's like yeah you know what he's setting up a defense for this fall because when you got a new quarterback out there after 30 years of excellence and you're a 500 team let's hope they're going to have some explaining to do and when they see aaron Rodgers out there you know maybe four and one <laughs> with the New York Jets. Right. People are gonna say. So I think it's in anticipation of the future. I also think that it's a matter of record for fans to say, okay, how did this actually go down? How did we go through another one of these sagas? How come we couldn't finish this? And I think and so Gudekinst has to walk the fine line of Look, you know, the guy's getting to be hard to work with. I mean, we gave him his time. He went and golfed in the Pro-Am and, and whatever. And, and, and then we then he publicly announces he's going to do this four-day retreat to make his decision. So we needed just an answer if he's a player. But then we start calling him for a couple weeks after that. and we, There's no return calls. We finally had to pick up the phone and call David Dunn and say, what's going on with your guy? Does he want to come and play for us or what? And then the agent calls back sometime later and says, you know, we're thinking maybe Jets. We're thinking about Nathaniel Hackett. Can you, can you pull that off? And so that's what's going on. Here's the other thing, too. If you're Mark Murphy and you, you worry about marketing, right. you know, the Yankees always did a great job back in the 50s and 60s. You know who would come and visit all the time? Joe DiMaggio. And Bob Harlan used to watch things like that. And he used that as a marketer when he was the president of the team for 20 years. And, you know, bringing back the alumni and bringing back Bart Starr and Jerry Kramer and all those guys from the Super Bowl teams and the 60s dynasty teams of Lombardi. And that got you through the 70s and the 80s a lot, too. And it also inspired younger players to to do
0: that.
3: No one's bringing back Brett Favre right now, right?
0: Nope.
3: You can't touch that. Nope, you're right on that. And look at this. You've got Aaron Rodgers, 15 years of excellence and four MVPs and everything. But right now, he's he's kind of a talk show joke. But you need him. You know, you, you want him to be welcome back to the Packer fans from just an imaging standpoint and marketing and all that. So they have to walk this fine line of, you know, we, we love the guy. We appreciate him. We, we A lot of us here have jobs because of the winning records all those years that Aaron Rodgers let us to. Mm-hmm. So we can't trash the guy right now. And if he wants to play another year or two with our friends over there, at the Jets and the AFC, fine, go ahead. Because, we've you know, we've got a plan in place, a backup in case, you know, he surprised us. Aaron played better, longer than we thought. Uh, but uh, he can't make up his mind if he wants to be a player. And we've got to move forward and put together a roster and rebuild this team. So, right. I, you know, Brian Gutekind, as you mentioned yesterday, He's so smart. He's got so many stats in his head. He just flies through some of these questions. He probably needs to go in the car and drive over to Bob Harlan's house and have an afternoon to have maybe Harlan could teach him. You know, you're the face of the franchise now, and you need to explain this stuff to the fans, your motivations, and what you're trying to do to win a Super Bowl. What's your best chance to win a Super Bowl? And explain in those terms, and don't be vague about it. Just come right out and tell your side of the story and tell people where you're going with the team. Don't be Ted, okay? Ted was Ted. You mm-hmm. probably need to be a little bit more open as to what your motivations are and what your hopes are for this team and, with the, and the team that you got right now and the challenges you're facing under the salary cap. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, I think that it is – and I had mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the Matt LaFleur presser from yesterday. I said there's so much – or was so much tiptoeing around as to not hurt feelings that it was, it was evident. I mean, e- even Matt LaFleur yesterday when asked, you know, well, w- what was wrong with the defense and why did you keep Joe Barry? And he was still saying, well, the defense got better. It took a little while. And, and, you know, once they lost for Gary, they had to figure that out. But, and then he goes and says, well, it, it, it we, you know, they held the Detroit lions, and he talks about the defense playing well. And what he stopped short of saying, which is what we're all thinking, is the offense gave it up. The offense stunk. And the leader of the offense wasn't good. But he he goes, well, you know, it, it, you know, it's it just we, the, the defense played well and they were getting better. And it, but we all know what he wanted to say. It's the tiptoeing around is to not hurt feelings because they're so afraid of some kind of Pat McAfee show retaliation because uh, of the guy that doesn't listen to anybody and never listens to the outside white noise, but yet retaliates and or talks about everything that seems to be pointed in his direction. Matt LaFleur was still tiptoeing around the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff yesterday.
3: Well, and I got to tell the fans, you know, they're thinking, so what's Rodgers really like? Uh, nice guy. I mean, you know, he talked to us for yeah. a long time. Then, then he, you know, there's a switch that goes on because the rest of the time he just walks through and he doesn't talk to any teammates or really stopping, you know, he's a, he's a man on a mission. He's got places to go, things to do. He's got a checklist. Uh, But, you know, we're going to miss Aaron Rodgers. Me trying to tell fans what's going on with the team. I'm not giving up secrets. Just really what's the reality. What can you expect this Sunday? Right. The best analyst in the state is nobody working for the media or even the coaches. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, yeah. he gave us the best breakdowns on players that are trending. But he's not Brian Gudekinst. I mean, he, he's not a scout. And there's times where he was, you know, talking about oh, off the record, saying, why don't they, you know, if Randall's out for the next month, why don't they promote Joan Winfrey? Because Tory is our draft pick, and we've watched the tape, Aaron, and we think that he is your better chance, your, your better option. And then he ends up finding him wide open in the end zone and throws a touchdown to him that Sunday. I mean, that's the way, that's the conflict that was going on between what Rodgers saw on the practice field, what he saw on the game tape, and what the scouting department says. Like, no, 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 no. We, you know, we've, we've tried with, with Jawan Winfrey Uh, You know, his receivers coach says there's a ceiling on him. That's why we drafted these other guys. We think that this is your best option moving forward. So that's where it goes back and forth. We're going to lose all that. George Mm -hmm. Love ain't going to be breaking down tape and criticizing people. You know, he's not going to be telling us, hey, Jair Alexander is the real deal, you know, five years ago. You know, and so we're going to be on our own trying to figure that out at practice.
0: Well, that's the other side of the coin is now we've got those guys to go to to say, is Jordan Love the real deal? That, I mean, to me, that's that 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 is as much as we have. We, we hope that Jordan Love, you know, gives us a little bit of insight. Now it's like now you got to walk around the rest of the locker room, Mike, and you got to go. Okay, tell us about Jordan Love. Tell us about this offense. Tell us about picking apart this offense. You know, ha- have things changed? Is the mentality of the offense changed, or are they just running Matt Lafleur's offense? You is know what Jaylen, I mean?
3: Is Jalen Hurts the real deal in Philadelphia? Yep. Is Brock Purdy the real deal? In right. San Francisco, we don't even know about <laughs> right. Trey Lance yet. No, nope. that's that's what's going to be the mystery. And that's what they're going to have to find out. And that's why Lafleur, he's not making it up. He's true. He says, everybody else on this team now is going to have to pick it up because you don't have the Hall of Famer there to try and pull a rabbit out of a hat again, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like like you've had with Aaron Rodgers all those years. So the headlines are this. You know, Goodkin said... For some reason, they just had this incredible indecision from Rodgers. Then it was actually Rodgers' agent that said maybe it's time for a trade. They facilitated that. Aaron Rodgers at some time is going to go on his platform and rebuke that or say, well, that's not necessarily true. And well, you know, it's going to be right. ping pong back and forth. But Matt, well, says I'm I'm staying out of this because we're in the middle of a trade and this is between the Jets and the Packers front office I'm here to coach them okay you just put the players and that's smart that's smart and but he you know he sent out you know his PS thank you Aaron we love you we know what this is all about it's a business we move on i got to coach up Jordan Love now and move forward but i thought it was very interesting for LaFleur to talk about his defense and to say yeah i lost Dean Lowry okay For whatever reason, they just thought, eh, it's not worth paying him that much at this age. And we've got Devontae Wyatt moving up, TJ Slayton. They probably got some other plans, but, you know, Dean Lowry was a pretty solid, steady player there on your defensive line. Then you lose Jerron Reed, who only came for one year, but that was a pro, man. That guy did a good job, but he's now back with Seattle after, you know, one year with the Chiefs. So the big question is, what do you do with your secondary? And so when LaFleur says, nah, you know, if we move on from Adrian Amos because uh, we don't want to pay him uh, and he's getting a little slower, I don't think Rasul Douglas is going back to safety is the answer. Why? It's because Eric Stokes is messed up. I mean, the last time I saw Stokes in the locker room, he had pins coming out of his leg. That mm-hmm. ankle and leg injury was severe. And the little cart that he was you know, rolling on. So right. it's going to be Jair and Rasul on the corners. And then they just, you know, picked up more in free agency from the 49ers. And why does he say he's going to keep Darnell Savage back there? Because they need someone who knows the defense and can use the speed, and they're going to hope that Darnell's head is on straight this time and, you know, can carry out the defense as opposed to being benched like he was for a couple of games last fall. But, yeah, suddenly they're going to need another corner to step up. They signed Rudy Ford because it could be a while before they get Stokes back there on the corner. Along with Jair, so that that was a red flashing light yesterday for Matt Lafleur.
0: Mike, you uh, got another segment in you? It'll be bet. a short one, but sure. we, okay, hang in there. We got uh, we got to take a quick break. Stay tuned. We got a lot more uh, of the Bill Michael Show talking to Mike Clemens. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, certainly, you know, whenever a player may have, um, you know, issues, you prefer that they they talk to you directly, you know, and not you know, do it in the media. Um, but that's not uh, necessarily the way he goes about it, and that's that's okay.
2: Welcome back. Good
0: to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues on talking with our guy, Mike Clemens. And uh, so, Mike uh, Gudikins has the task at hand of not only focusing on the draft, but now trying to get this trade done prior to the draft. Give me your thoughts on where they stand now and what is most likely to happen.
3: I think it's possible that the Jets and the uh, Packers could just go through the draft. I mean, Goodkins has got ten picks in the draft. He can get a lot of good players in that, and then they can wait until they'll see if maybe on the draft day some other some third team comes in and maybe gets the Jets uh, a trade, and then the Jets can can get the deal done with the Packers, something that the Packers feel is their worth, or they'll just wait until. April or May and they'll see how they did in the draft and the, the tail end of free agency and then they can work out a deal after that. Maybe they get next year's first round pick. But Gutierrez was he was playing poker, but he's saying, "Yeah, we, you know, we could take this out till May. That's okay. Yeah, we got time. We're okay." <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, here's the other thing too in terms of, you know, LaFleur and some of these, you know, what LaFleur's been handed now, okay? It's Jordan Love in his first year. And hopefully you're going to be you're going to have a solid offensive line, but you're real young at wide receiver. And then these problems we just mentioned in the last segment about defense. And I'm thinking about you know, Lafleur just came off a losing season after three seasons of greatness and getting to NFC Championship games. You know they don't put up with losers very long in Green Bay. Think of Mike Sherman; he went nine and seven, and then you know uh, twelve and four, and twelve and four, and ten and six, and always coming up short in you know the postseason. And then he goes four and twelve, gone. Now a lot of that is because mm-hmm. he didn't get along with the new general manager, Ted Thompson. But could LaFleur go, you know, six and eleven this year with Jordan Love and explain that because of, you know, the changeover in the roster? Right. I wonder. And you talk about the Joe Berry question. LaFleur talked about Greg Williams, the new secondary coach they brought in. That's a Joe Barry hire. He met the guy for the first time during his job interview. As a guy that Joe Berry worked with the Chargers. He's in charge of that secondary, and he's going to have to deal with those issues that we just mentioned because, you know, Jerry Gray went to the Atlanta Falcons, got a nice big pay raise, and has been named assistant coach and their secondary coordinator, and so that's why he moved on. Plus, you know, apparently he and Joe Berry had some differences of opinion on coverages against the Minnesota Vikings and other teams.
0: So real quick, Mike, before I let you go. Is this thing done prior to or on draft day? Or does this thing go until after June 1st? Right
3: now, it feels like it could go on past draft day.
0: Yeah. Kind of sitting at the uh, the stalemate. Although Woody Johnson's starting to get a little bit impatient. He's starting to panic a little bit. Mike, great wait.
3: stuff as always,
0: bud. Thank you, Bill. All right, pal. There you go. Man, I love to talk to Mike all day. We could just do we just do a whole whole show of this stuff, inside stuff. Gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We got a lot more of the Bill Michaels show coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this.